Hello, and welcome to Cavern Cast. Ever since the last episode, I've been, every time I say Cavern Cast, in my head it goes Cavern Cast. I laid this path for myself. I did this to me. I have no one to blame but myself. Anyway, hello, uh, been a good week. Self-care, it's been a self-care week. I mean, every week is a self-care week. Every day should be a self-care cake. Okay, a self-care day. Perhaps I should do some annunciation days as well. But, um, yeah, every day and every week should be self-care days and weeks. But the focus has been more on them this week. On it this week. Ooh, let's warm in, shall we? Let's get these words working. I know why this is. I've realized now why... Um, why I, I tend to screw up so many words, it's because I don't talk to many people. Like I live on, I live on my own and I, I often spend way too, too much time in my head. And so I, I don't often vocalize things. And if I do, I don't do it for long periods of time. This is normally like the most I will talk in a week at one time. Definitely, because if you were just talking to someone for 40 minutes, in a conversation, that would be, I don't think that would be great. Unless it was therapy. That's therapy. I've just explained therapy. Are you guys my therapists? Is that what's happening here? Can you imagine if I just went into a therapist and I just did cavern cast? I just started talking about, I don't know, vacuum cleaners. So what's on your mind? Do, do you know where hoovers came from? Do you know where the word hoover came from? I mean, hoover sounds like hoover, which is Swedish for like nice things. And and that's how it would go. Anyway, um, it's going to be one of those episodes. I've been trying to eat well. I've been trying to make my self-talk actively more positive than the easily encouraged, very non-encouraging talk. It's been good. It's been good. Um, I did actually catch up with a couple of friends this week. Um, I helped a friend move into his new studio today, this morning. And uh, this place, let me tell you about this place. It's so cool, man. Not in like a, oh, this is a cool place. No, this, this place is straight out of some YA novel where... One of those novels where, like, the young ingenue moves into a new town to this random little unassuming little place because she wants to get out of the big city. And it just happens to be by a little lake, which just happens to have a tiny little waterfall running into it that you can sit by on a bench that just happens to be there by flowers for inspiration and just happens to be above a really eccentric creator that makes stuff like lamps out of broken clarinets and barbecues out of cars and chairs out of ski lifts <laughs> and just happens to be in a community of a load of other artists who are all doing their own thing. You know what I mean? It's one of those places they just happen to land on their feet. That's exactly what my friend has done. And it's so great and I was so jealous it's definitely the type of place where you can feel the creativity in the air, and it has definitely, this place has definitely 
been the inspiration for at least one book. I can tell. I can absolutely tell. I don't even want to think about where this podcast would go if I lived somewhere like that. I have no idea. Who knows? Maybe one day. Cast by the lake. But for now, what I have for you is apples. If you've never listened to Cast before, one, I hope you're well. Two, I mean, I hope you're well anyway, regardless of whether you've listened to this before or not. I don't only specify hope for new people to be well. That would be silly. But if you haven't been here before, how it works is I use a random word generator to generate five random words, and then I talk about them, whatever comes to mind. Specific, vague, interesting, non-interesting, because this is a place for you to chill and just come and hang out for a bit. Do what you need to do. Make a lamp out of a ski lift. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you could try. You could try. Maybe tr- try making one out of a musical instrument first, but you could try and make a lamp out of a ski lift if you wanted to. I am not stopping you. While you do all that, I am going to talk about apples. That is the first word. I've always been an apple guy. I actually ate an apple off a tree the other day, just to, you know, prove my point that I'm an apple guy. Um, I was working on a film set and there was <laughs> there was just an apple tree on the location. And I said to my boss, I was like, can I, can I have one? He was like, yeah, I guess so. Just don't take any that are going to be in shot. And I was like, okay. So I took one from a place that wasn't in shot. And it was good. It was a little tangy, a little bit like mushy, but it was good. It was good. I felt like I should have been in a nice white flowy dress, frolicking through a field, eating an apple. That's what I felt like I should have been doing. Anyway, I have always been an apple guy. Apple juice, apple pie, apple and cinnamon tea as it starts to get into autumn. Oh, like right now. Ah, lovely. I don't actually have any of it in the van, though, I don't think. I just have... Oh, lemon and ginger. Oh, and manuka honey. Goddamn, that's the good stuff. Right there, that's the good stuff. Manuka honey. Thank you, bees. I remember learning how to split an apple in half with my bare hands when I was younger. Let me tell you, I have never felt more like a demigod in my life. You haven't felt true power until you have split an apple with your digits. Like, oh, you have a billion dollars? That's great. Let's see you pull apart the fibers of this round, unyielding fruit with naught but brute strength and sheer force of will. Yeah, that's what I thought. Why don't you go pay someone to do it, huh? Pay me to do it. I like money. Give me money. And I will split all the apples you want. See? There you go. That's business. Sell what people need. Sell the solution to the problem that billionaires need solving. Splitting apples. And tax evasion. I remember seeing apples in America for the first time. It's like angels in America, but with apples. No, like actual apples in America. Um, 
Now, like in the UK, apples are fairly average. Like if you you see one on a, on a tree, like I did the other day while I was frolicking, they're going to look pretty similar to what you see on the shelf in Tesco. There's not much of a, a thing in between that. In America, y'all's apples get glow-ups, like real glow-ups before they hit the shelves. It's like fashion week over there for fruit. Not not even fashion week. It's like, like your red deliciouses look like they've been on a steroid cycle and been lifting for six months. You know, they've got the, like the little ridges at the bottom. Like they've been, like they've been doing like proper booty workouts before they go onto the shelf to get bought. It's crazy. It's like, what is it? It's, it's GMO, right? Genetically modified organisms. So you get a load of these in a lab. Is that right? And you just, you just change a little bit. I say this like you're doing it. Is that what you guys do? You guys put them in a lab? right? Bethany, you like put them in a lab and just friggin' just put stuff in them. Just, you know, like make them more aesthetic. Is that what you do? Make them look like they're straight out of a Disney movie. Is that how you do it? Yeah, I thought so. Personally, I like a Granny Smith. I do like a Granny, like I'm all good for Braeburn, Pink Lady, Gala, Jazz. I like a Jazz apple. Who names these apples, man? But, um, yeah, Granny Smith. I like a Granny Smith. It's, uh, it's crisp. Green, crisp. Got a little bit of tang, you know? Got that sharp taste that wakes you up in the morning, like... How do you like them apples? Good morning. Also a phrase that is always in my head that I don't know the origin of. How do you like them apples? Where did it come from? Like a goodwill hunting, obviously. But that's not where it's from originally, I don't think. Let me see. Let me see where that's from. While I look it up, I'm going to tell you, if you haven't seen Goodwill Hunting, you definitely should. One of the best movies. And definitely one of the best Robin Williams movies. It's like, I think it's one of the quintessential Robin Williams movies, even though he is a supporting role in this film, not the lead. He's still amazing. He plays the therapist in this one. Can you imagine if Robin Williams was your therapist? Just for a second, imagine that. Like one session. Hey, why are you depressed? Don't be depressed. And you're like, oh yeah, thanks Robin. Great. I'll see you around, kid. <laughs> I've never done a Robin Williams impression in my life. That is the first time it's come out. So I apologize. Kind of want to work on it, though. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Robin. What a hero. Okay, so how do you like them apples is an expression that supposedly originated during the First World War when the Allies' anti-tank grenade anti-tank grenade was colloquially colloquial i've always had a problem with that word colloquially called a toffee apple because of its bulb-like appearance on a stick wow the phrase was a taunt against the enemy how do you like them apples wow 
So that doesn't have a confirmed source, but I can believe it. I can definitely believe that. Um, you could also say that to a police officer when they're trying to interrogate you for a crime which you didn't commit and you have a rock solid alibi and you're like, huh, how do you like them apples, copper? Copper is the next word and that was the best segue I could come up with on short notice. By short notice, I mean no notice at all and immediately. Copper. What, copper? I just, I've realized I have no idea where the word copper comes from. Not the element. We'll get to that in a minute. But copper, like, yeah, all right, copper. Hello, hello, hello. A police person. A cop. Where did that come from? Okay, so it turns out there's actually a few possibilities. Um, it could be that it is a variation of the Latin caper, capere, meaning to grab or apprehend. Oh yeah, like copper feel, copper, so you like grab and like, you're nicked, you're copped, I got ya, that kind of thing, which came into use in Britain in the 1700s. Yeah, that makes sense. Potentially, it could also be because early English police forces had very large copper helmets. Or in some versions, buttons. This is starting to get quite cartoony and comical in visualisation now. Um, Also, the badges worn by early New York police officers were made of copper. Yeah, that one less likely, because I've never heard Americans say copper to refer to a police officer. It's always been like, are you a cop? But over here, it's it's like, what, copper? So, yeah, maybe not. In addition, some sources have the word arising from the color of early police or sheriff cars in the western states. Hmm. I feel like it's an English thing. Maybe slightly biased, but I feel like it's an English thing. Or even an acronym for constable on patrol. Constable, constable, um. <laughs> that I could. I hope it's that one because I can just imagine some like old like beat cop with like his hat on, swinging his baton around in one of those old school police uniforms, like real, just happy to himself, like constable on patrol. I'm a constable on patrol. I'm a constable. I'm a constable, I'm a constable on patrol. Yeah, that, just, just living his best life, living his best life. There is the potential idea that it was um, because back in the day, police officers, uh, like their daily wage was only like a couple of copper pennies. But loads of other people that have said that that's not true because they actually got paid more. But who knows, there might be some truth to it. Cost of living, cost of living crisis. If you do happen to know which one of these is the truth, if, you know, for any reason your mum or dad is a cop and their parents were cops and their parents' parents were cops and, you know, it's like family knowledge that's been passed down through generations of cops. 
then please feel free to send me a message. Right after you've rated this podcast five stars, thank you very much. <laughs> so subliminal, so subtle, I'm getting good at this. Seriously though, if you get a second, that would be, uh, that'd be lovely. Thank you. Could be just like the first police officer's name was Copper. And there we go. Maybe it's not that deep. But hey, let's not get deep here. Let's get heavy, heavy metal, that is. Well, is copper a heavy metal? I feel like it's quite light. Ah, a soft, malleable, and ductile metal. So no, absolutely not. Forget the heavy metal thing. I apologize. Um... Copper is actually one of the few metals that can occur in nature in a directly usable metallic form or a native metal. So you can just find it and just be like, oh, there we go. This led to very early human use in several regions from circa 8000 BC. Thousands of years later, it was one of the it was the first metal to be smelted from sulfide ores, circa 5000 BC. The first metal to be cast into a shape in a mold, circa 4000 BC. And the first metal to be purposely alloyed with another metal, tin, to create bronze, circa 3500 BC. Basically, it just gets the metals for everything, doesn't it? Well, isn't that nice for copper? We all have copper inside us. <laughs> We all have a little bit of copper inside us. I don't know if I knew that or not. I knew we had iron and magnesium. And steel. Well, my friend has steel. Because he has a metal spine. We used to call him Wolverine back in the day. Because he had a spinal operation and now he's metal as hell. Oh, actually, apparently the new Deadpool is going to have Hugh Jackman in it as Wolverine. Can you imagine how cool that's going to be? I'm very excited. So I found out a cool fact about copper when I was hanging out at the necropolis in Glasgow, as you do. It's a normal thing to do, right? Basically, if you um, if you haven't been, it's a a beautiful building in Glasgow with an amazingly like grand and stunning graveyard my inner goth was screaming well actually no my inner goth wasn't screaming he was sat there with a very moody face but his inner goth was screaming like a kid anyway the fact which may be pretty common knowledge but i didn't know uh is so the roof of the necropolis is that bluey green color that you see on a lot of buildings and like the statue of liberty is that color as well that color i always thought that that was just like an architectural choice because i'm ignorant but it turns out that these structures are made from copper or potentially brass or bronze but copper based uh which over time reacts with oxygen which is in the air and it turns that bluey green color because a layer of get ready for this word 
verdigris forms on top, and verdigris is a French word that comes from vert, vert d'aigre, phenomenal French accent there, which means green, vert means green, and aigre, which means vinegar, because back in the day, people used to hang copper plates over hot vinegar in a sealed pot until the greeny-blue colour used to form on the copper, which I thought definitely sounds like one of those things that was discovered by accident, by complete accident, by, like, a housewife in the Middle Ages. She was trying to get a million and one things done at the same time and started boiling vinegar instead of boiling water because her brain was fried from doing too many things. You know, like when you put the keys in the fridge and the milk on the cupboard and that kind of thing. And she ended up hanging the plates out to dry and laid the table with laundry. And suddenly, while all this is going on and she's getting everything wrong, friggin' Beatrice comes round her friend, who she totally forgot was coming round, by the way, and is in such a tears. She's like, oh, God. She hears the knock at the door, and she's like, oh, God, Beatrice is here. Oh, God, everything's wrong. I forgot she was coming, and I've got so much stuff to do today. Hey, Beatrice. And she, Beatrice comes in, and she's like, oh, Annabelle, look at those plates. What an aesthetic. I love it. It's so... The green really... It really brings out the colour of every, you know, everyone's skin because we're all ill because it's the Middle Ages and there's disease everywhere. Ah, the Middle Ages. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a cool fact uh, made better by Beatrice and Annabelle. So the next word is alarm. Ah. So the next word is, uh, got you good there, didn't I? Got you, bro. You got got. Sick, sick, nice, nice. Because alarm, and like, ah, I'm alarmed. No. Really, though, how, I don't know how I can fit the word alarm into a relaxing podcast. But where there is a will, there is a way. Alarm. My um, my van has become a bit of an attention seeker recently. Kind of like the van who cried wolf, or the van who cried parking attendant. I don't I don't know what the real threat is to to vans, but um, the van who cried burglar, I guess, because that's what alarms are for. Basically, if I if I lock the van and I, I leave them outside for a while, where I I go in, I will a little while later hear from inside I'll, I'll just hear and I'm like oh, sorry guys just a second and have to go turn the alarm off now I, I've never tied a dog up outside um, the dog has come before me since I was a child so I'm used to them taking up my space on sofas more than being left out in the rain but that is what exactly what I imagine it's like. Because it often happens 
when it's raining. Just a pitter-patter of rain on the windows, and it's just a sad, like, wee, 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 let me in, wee, wee. What if I did? What if I did just let them come in and curl up on the sofa? Just a massive Ford Transit van curls up and goes to sleep next to me on the sofa. Just starts dreaming like a dog. And instead of cutely kicking its leg, it just throws one of its doors open and immediately puts me in the hospital. (laughs) Oh, that silly Halen. My van is called Halen, by the way. For those who don't know. But yeah, I don't I don't know why they keep being so vocal at all hours. Hopefully it's just a phase and they'll grow out of it. They're only five, so I do think some alarms need to change up their game, especially security alarms. Nobody cares about them. If you hear tell me I'm wrong, if you hear a car alarm or a house alarm. No one ever looks. Of all the times Halen has thrown a tantrum, I have never, never seen anyone looking out to see if they're okay. Me going, oh God, I hope he's not being a bother. I hope he hasn't interrupted anyone. No one's looking. Nobody cares. It's like the van equivalent of those, like, you know, those TikTokers and those content creators that go around being like... You should just go do what you want to do. Nobody really cares what you do. Here, I'm just going to stand on this table in this public space and just like shout. And no one even cares what I'm going to do. Here, I'm just going to do push-ups in this fountain. And nobody even cares. It's like that. I don't know what they would change it to. The alarms. Something that would grab attention. Yeah, instead of inst- instead of wee 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 wee, it would be, oh yeah, <laughs> or just a really loud, ah, ah, ah. It's genius. I'm gonna earn so much money from this idea. What are some mildly alarming things? Like really mildly alarming. Um, going to take a sip of tea and finding that there is a bug in there. Oh, tripping over a step that is a slightly different height to to the preceding and following steps by a quarter of an inch. Oh, having someone's name who you definitely know well enough to not forget their name go totally, totally out of your head momentarily and you briefly wonder if you'll ever remember anything again. Ah. Something being fizzier than expected. Oh. Going to pick up a can or bottle thinking it's going to be a specific weight and it is far lighter than you thought it was going to be. And so you do that little whoop as you lift it up, as though you gained super strength for a second there. And finally, a wasp. That concludes my list of mildly alarming things. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I have a vague idea of what I would do a TED Talk on. Definitely something in the realm of mental health. 
and navigating the past, I reckon. So yeah, maybe, maybe at some point. Maybe I should just write a book first. Anyway, so volcanoes are crazy, right? That is word number four. Word number four, Burger King foot lettuce. So, okay, as crazy as it sounds, because volcanoes, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what a volcano is, because they cause like an immense amount of destruction in their wake when they erupt, right? Go boom. From that destruction and chaos literally comes new land. When the molten when the molten lava that comes out of I was gonna say dinosaurs. Why was I gonna say dinosaurs? Oh just I think I'm thinking about <laughs> the earth ages ago and my brain just gave me the word dinosaurs instead of when molten lava cools, it hardens and forms new land. And that's one of the craziest metaphors I've ever heard of. Because it's literally the earth going, we need more of this. There we go. But it has it has no chill about it. It's like it's going like, oh, that's the grass's job to be chill and grow nicely and slowly. We're just we're just gonna go <laughs> land. You know how they say humans, like we like we all have different sides to us, and how we can feel angry and sad and then be laughing at the same time. That's kind of like the grass growing and volcanoes erupting at the same time. Humans can be more than one thing. The planet is more than one thing. People have layers, you know. The planet has layers. It's got a lot of stuff going on. It needs to let it out somehow. I'm just feeling really stressed right now. I think I need to erupt. I think it's like 70 or 80% of the earth, like the land on the earth, was made by volcanoes. Something like that. That's pretty hardcore, man. That is pretty hardcore. So the world's five most active volcanoes. There's Sangue in Ecuador. There is Santa Maria in Guatemala. There is Stromboli in Italy. There is Mount Etna in Italy. And there is Mount Yasur in Vanuatu in the South Pacific. But um, this list seems to have missed one. Um, Mount Doom? Deep in the heart of Mordor? Wherein lies this flaming beast whose fire has forged not only the most powerful weapon in the known land, the One Ring, to rule them all, but also forged a lot of friendships over the years. A fellowship, even, you might say. You see, guys, out of something terrible has come something beautiful. So let's all take a minute to be thankful for Mount Doom. See, everyone always talks about the Dark Lord Sauron and how he created the One Ring. Talk about taking all the credit, Sauron, and it's just so typical to forget about the thing that actually 
created it. You know, like the phrase bun in the oven. It's the oven. Okay. Like, like you. Okay. I bet you have never thanked your oven when it makes a perfectly fluffy souffle or a magnificently crispy lasagna or pie. No, you just bitch about it when it goes wrong. Don't you? Mm hmm. I'm not saying I'm blameless. We're all guilty. So let's just take a moment to be grateful for our apparatuses. Apparat- apparati? Apparatuses. I'm realizing I just reduced the most powerful volcano in fictional history to an apparatus. But we move. J.R.R. Tolkien would not be happy with me. I'm sorry, J.R.R. Sorry, bro. Sorry, Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. So even though Mount Doom is the top G of volcanoes, there's actually over 500 active volcanoes in the world. And over half of them form what is called the Ring of Fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. That absolute banger. No, the Ring of Fire, which is basically a dump load of big, fiery boys that circle the Pacific Ocean, including those two from Lava. Remember that Pixar short just before Inside Out? About the two volcanoes that fall in love? Yeah, propaganda. They're not all like that. Volcanoes can be nasty. Don't be fooled. Don't be a sheep. The word volcano actually comes from Vulcan, who was the Roman god of fire. It's pretty fitting, actually. But slightly ironic, considering that the the Vulcan race from the globally loved and revered sci-fi TV and film series Star Trek are known for acting very logically and not particularly emotionally, very unlike the connotations of heat, fire, and absolute chaos that volcanoes conjure. I mean, I'm not big on Star Trek, so that question may have been answered already. So... If that's the case, message me on Twitter how utterly ignorant I am, if you like. That seems to be what Twitter is best for anyway, so you may as well go with it. I feel like anyone, I feel like Twitter's a place where like a lot of people just turn into volcanoes. It's like the slightest thing can set it off, like the slightest bit of pressure or the slightest rocking of the boat. And everyone's like, kaboom, and just erupts into an onslaught of aggression. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about Twitter on this podcast. Hell no. It's the opposite of relaxing. Um, visiting a volcano is is definitely near the top of my bucket list, though. Um, I've got this thing about wanting to witness examples of like sheer natural power like a massive waterfall as well, I really want to, and like intense lightning storms. Love a storm, man. Love a storm. Volcanic lightning is a thing as well, which is badass. 
um, but that it's formed by ash friction. Like when the volcano erupts, like the ash like just flies out and rises up stupidly quickly so that if like it so it creates like static electricity but like on a massive scale and it's also known as a dirty thunderstorm which sounds like either a cocktail a band name or a move in the bedroom hey i want a dirty thunderstorm And with that, we are definitely not going to discuss what it might be. Uh, So we're going to move swiftly on to the last word, which is swing. Could have easily had a segue there, I feel. But I also felt like I needed to get away from talking about moves in the bedroom as quickly as possible. Oh, look, I'm still talking about it. Cool. What's what's your favorite move in the bedroom? Huh? Mine is is when I move the bed to a different angle in the room so I get a better view out of the window and I get more sunlight in the morning Mm -hmm. so my circadian rhythms are more aligned. (laughs) Yes, health is important. You've got to take care of yourself, guys. You know, um, as I always say, self-care is important. Take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Move your bed around. So... Anyway, swing. Let's go the total opposite way, shall we? Innocent fun. A nice rope swing. Not that kind of rope swing. Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay, all jokes aside, this is actually quite a nice one. Because if if you're like me, and you uh, enjoy a jaunt in the woods every now and then to calm your soul... Once in a blue moon, you'll come across a rope swing, or a tire swing, or something of the sort. And I love it when that happens. Because that, my lovely pair of ears listening to this right now, is a perfect opportunity to tap into the most playful, carefree, childlike part of yourself. It's the simplest thing. And I did this recently, actually, working on location in Scotland. Um, We, uh, not we, just me, just me, myself and I, because that is enough. Um, Went for a walk on my lunch break as we were like filming in the wilderness. And um, yeah, came across this clearing with a massive tree in the middle of it and a tire swing just hanging out. And... You know, apart from the the fear of breaking it, because I am not as small as I used to be when frequenting or building swings, I had a very joyful time. It was very good. I just had had a little bit of a swing and I had a very nice time. I was positively jubilant for the rest of the day. It was wonderful. And I could have easily have gone, oh, I'm too old for that. Can't be doing that. Absolutely not. Never too old for a rope swing. Contrary to that exact point I have just made, though, I have also gotten stuck in a swing after being out with friends, getting drunk in a park, because it was the only thing for us to do, uh, or we thought was the only thing for us to do at that age, uh, finding a playground 
playing in said playground, thinking it would be funny to get into one of those swings that are designed for toddlers to not fall out of. So it definitely made sure my six foot two ass was not falling out of there. It took three people to get me out of this thing. Maybe less if we were all sober, but we weren't. And uh, to this day, I worry slightly about what the safety level of the swing would have been after I got out of it in the in the time after that. But it's fine. It's fine. It's like it's it was, it's like two feet to the floor. I mean, who's going to get injured that badly anyway? Touch wood. But yeah, my 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 overall point here is to say that um, the simplicity of a swing should not be forgotten. As Rise Against say so well, we live on front porches and swing life away. Just like this podcast, man. Aimless chat that is hopefully good for the soul. Simple. It's the simple things in life. And with that nice little message, I'm going to head off and find a swing of my own. Maybe literally, maybe in my heart. Who knows? Maybe build one. I want a hammock. That's what I really want. That's what I could do with, yeah. Oh, here's a, here's a fun story, actually. I may have told this one already, but I can't remember. So I'm going to say, I'm going to tell it anyway. So earlier this summer, I was, um, I was walking with a friend and uh, we walked past the charity shop uh, that had a hammock in the window. And my friend was like, oh my God, I really want it to like, I think she wanted to put plants in it. Yeah, I think she wanted to put plants in it, but she was like, oh my God, I really want it. But it was a Sunday, like afternoon, evening, so it wasn't open. So she was like, oh, I'm going to come back and get it. And I was like, okay. So the next day I went in and reserved it. Did not tell her about it. Um... I had to wait a while to pick it up before it would like wait for it to be taken down out of the display in the window um but I had reserved it finally went and picked it up gave it to her for her birthday um I, I have spoken about this but I don't think I've told you her reaction when I gave it to her um she I found out she called up to um try and get it and they said, oh, sorry, it's been reserved. It's like, it's just been reserved. And I was so happy. Like her face when I gave it to her was a picture. She was so annoyed at me. And they're the type of presents I love to give. I love giving presents like that. They just have like context behind them. They're the best kind. And um, yeah, I was so happy that she actually like tried to go and get it, but couldn't and like put it out of her memory and then got it like a few weeks later. Ah, absolute poetry that was. So yeah, that's the kind of thing that makes me smile. Silly stuff like that. And that is the message I will leave you with. Prank your friends wholesomely. If you want to support this podcast at all and help me uh, make it the best I can for me, for you, for everybody, please consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavern i put weekly discussion threads on there so you can all talk about the podcast and your favorite bits about it and 
uh, I don't know, bits you didn't like maybe, and uh, give your own thoughts on stuff. And there's also a load of bonus episodes on there that you can enjoy at your leisure. So that's there if you need it. And it helps me loads. Thank you very much. So please go take care of yourself. I hope you have a good week. I hope you can face all the hardships that come your way with courage, patience, and peace in your heart. And if not, just point your middle finger at it. That'll show it. Okay, take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. And I will speak to you soon. Okay. Bye.